I am in the midst of a whole bunch of birthdays right now. Like today is my brother's birthday and tomorrow is Adam, my husband's birthday. And then on Friday is Julian's birthday. He's turning four. And it's really funny with Julian because like we've never done like a birthday party for him, but Mm -hmm. he has an idea of what a birthday party is. And he keeps asking if he can have one and he likes to talk about it. So we'll be going for a walk and he'll be like, mom, can we talk about my birthday? I'll be like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And he'll be like, let's talk about the food. Can we have mac and cheese? And today he added peanut butter and jelly. And (laughs) he wants oatmeal cookies and a dinosaur cake. And like when we talked about like, well, who do you want at your birthday? Like he's so simple of like, "Mm, me and Evelyn and mom and dad and grandma and Zach, who is Adam's best friend, um, Julian wants him and his fiance there. And all he wants to do is he wants to have dinosaur stuff, play, and play video games. He's like newly obsessed with video games. So, yeah, we've got like birthday galores right now, but we're not doing anything big for for them. But yeah, that's that's my life right now. Um, I would say a little tip. For like the cookies with the cake, you can put the cookies as like the dirt. Like, yeah, interesting. That'd be super cute. I like that idea. And like, so not only is it his birthday and he's turning four, he's starting preschool. And like next week, we meet his teacher, and it's right after Labor Day that he actually starts. So there's still a little bit before he gets started, but that's the other thing that mm-hmm. all I can talk about is he's excited for school. And I'm starting to get sad about him going to school because we've all always just been home. Like kids don't go to daycare, haven't done school before. So she's like, oh, we're just always all together. And now all of a sudden Julian's going to be gone a couple days a week. And I don't know. I'm excited for him, but I'm sad. Oh, I definitely get that. Like I would say when I was growing up, I remember this one time I was like dropped off at daycare, pre-K or something. And I remember, I forget if it was my mom or my dad at this point, but one of my parents dropped me off and like kind of realizing that they were leaving. So I would like mm-hmm. run up to that and be like, no, like don't leave. It was a debacle apparently because I remember doing that multiple times. That's adorable. That day and like just not having it. Like, I, I feel bad about it now, but then I'm just like, why are you deserting me with these random people? I don't like oh my goodness! I did not say I'm okay with this. See, now, one of the things that makes me a little bit sad and nervous is because I know that would not be the case with Julian. He He might end up being excited to be picked up at the end of the day and be happy to see me, but he is not going to be the one to, like, not want to go. Like, he is just over the moon excited. And when we did a tour, he wanted to stay there and didn't like the whole idea of, oh, now we leave. He was like, no, like, I stay here and you guys leave kind of thing, Um, which is good. But also, you know, the little bit of mom pride. And she's like, oh, no, I want you to want me all the time. Yep. Oh, just wait until college. No, we're not thinking about that. I'm struggling with preschool. I'm not thinking anywhere beyond that. That's just like Evelyn, she's two and a half, 
there's no I don't think about the future of when she's a teenage girl. I'm like, no, that doesn't exist. Like that's too far away. Doesn't isn't part of reality as of right now. Um, I like to just, you know, be in denial of the future sometimes. Oh, I get that. I love to be in denial about the future every single day. (laughs) But um, one thing I will mention too, that was a cute thing with Julian last night. The kids were snuggling for a little bit before bed and got a request of, can we watch Gilmore Girls? And I had to tell them no, because I don't want to watch this episode again last night. And I was like, I don't want to get confused and think about wrong quotes that are from a different season. Um, So I had to tell him no, which he looked at me like, what are you talking about? You never say no to Gilmore Girls. But, you know, it's a new a new reality that we're living in all of a sudden. But we can talk about today's episode. So we're on season one, episode three can kind of jump into the Gilmore talk And I know last week I forgot to go through the info about the episode. So I've got that for today. So today we're talking about Kill Me Now, written by Joanne Waters, directed by Adam Nimoy. The original air date of this episode was October 19th, 2000. And the description in the DVD packet is... Rory takes up golf to fulfill a school athletic requirement and, to Lorelai's dismay, grows fond of her grandfather when he takes her to his country club for a day on the links. The inn staff prepares for a double wedding involving identical sets of twins. I don't mm. want to pick on the synopsis writer, but I was super confused because I had to like triple check that it said a day on the links. I had never heard of that like phrase before i was thinking like oh because that's why i kept being like oh like did i misread it is it supposed to be like a day on the course or like a day at the club or something but no it said a day on the links i don't know what that exactly means and Mm -hmm. identical sets of twins was weird to me of why it wasn't a set or two sets of identical twins or something um Mm -hmm. but you know that's besides the point so we'll do our, our normal run through. We'll kind of start with go through an overview. And I do have a few different things that I know we started kind of tracking the Kirk slash Mick jobs. I also in this episode thought we might want to start adding a running list of Emily's maids and cooks. Uh, yes. So we can kind of go through those in time too, especially as we get further into, into the series. But that was something that I decided to add this episode because, you know, they name drop a bunch of, of different cooks. But so first we have the cold open. Um, We get started with a Friday night dinner and there's mention of Lorelai the first. So this was one that was weird where it was like the cold open picks up like that scene picks right back up after the intro song. So, I think we can just kind of talk about that whole dinner of, mm-hmm. you know, them talking about Lorelai the first, Emily volunteering Richard to help Rory play golf. And then, you know, their Lorelai being her witty self of playing the game of I'd rather. Um, yeah. As they, as they leave the that. dinner. So what were your, your initial thoughts or any feedback thoughts, whatever about the, the dinner? I absolutely loved this dinner, and the reason why is because of the dialogue. Um, most of my notes, like the first page, is just the dialogue. 
Um, it is hilarious because especially when um, they bring up like Rory has to join a sport and Lorelai says she should go out for the debating team. And Rory's like, that's not a sport. It's not it's a sport. The way the Gilmores play. Yes. That <laughs> yep. was just so funny. And then Emily's expression, like her face was just like, um, excuse you? Yeah. You don't debate here. Um, which rewatching this episode, you can see Emily kind of like when she is talking, you can see like she's not debating on things. Well, I think because to her, like she does get involved in debate kind of things, but to her, there's no debate. She's right. And that's yeah. like she's just stating what is true or right or what's going to happen and everybody else they try to argue with her but there's no there is no debate about it um which i will say too because you mentioned emily's look i feel like both emily and lorelei throughout the entire show they have just amazing like face acting like they do such good like expressions and like their different mannerisms and things like when they're not speaking are sometimes just like make a scene. I love mm-hmm. like their ability to do that. Yeah, I'm like even with uh, Richard and his expressions when Emily says, "Oh, Richard can show you. How about Sunday?" And Richard's like, "No." Yeah, like <laughs> not a chance. Like that is my place to be away from everybody that I'm related to that is my sanctuary. No. Well, and this is, you know, their second, third dinner that they've had. I mean, at most fourth or fifth. So like, they're still strangers to each other in many ways where like, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, Richard probably feels like he has nothing in common with Rory. And feels like i like that's weird like we've never they've probably never hung out just the two of them at this point probably ever in their life like even when rory was little it was probably anytime that they did come over it was usually for a holiday it was probably all four of them plus you know different guests or whatever so like it does kind of make sense of it just being like uh that's weird and what are your thoughts on like do you think that lorelei was in the right to try to say no for Rory or should she have like used it as a lesson for Rory to learn to stand up for herself and to say no to things that she doesn't want? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I definitely think that I see where Lorelai is coming from with wanting to protect her because she doesn't want like Rory to be sucked in to like where Emily will start saying, yep, you're doing this, you're doing that and like kind of taking over um, I do definitely think that Rory should stand up for herself if she doesn't want to do it. Um, but I also think that she is kind of like that Rory is kind of excited to do it because like she'll be able to spend time with her grandfather. So I think she's not as adamant to say no. Right. And it's not just like her being nice and going. It's like, I do feel like she is excited about it. And, And I don't want to be, like, judging Lorelai's parenting because I think overall she's a great mom. And it's easy to think of things like 
when watching it and being able to think about and analyze it. But I feel like it would have made, it seemed like the better parenting choice for them to say like, oh, you know, like I'm not positive if Rory will be able to go that day, but we'll kind of check what we have going on and let you guys know. So that way then they could, the two of them, like Rory and Lorelai talk about it individually and find Mm -hmm. out like, okay, do you want to go? And you know, kind of figure those things out. Cause like, I, I feel like it was very presumptuous and pushy of Lorelai to just be like, no, cause like she's a teenage teenager at this point, And it's her grandparents who Lorelai is, you know, in many ways, encouraging Rory to have a relationship with, even if it is just because of paying for Chilton, like she is putting Rory into a situation of seeing them every single week and having conversations with them and, like, I know obviously she has that, like, instinct of pushback because she doesn't have the best relationship with her parents and mm-hmm. doesn't like that world. But, like, she is putting Rory into that world with Friday night dinners and going to Chilton and all of that. And I feel like, obviously, as a parent, you can say what your child can or cannot do and who they can be with. But also, Rory's a teenager and Lorelai has been on board with her parents getting to know Rory. So like, I don't know. It's a little bit of a sticky situation where it seems like Lorelai is being selfish in it and is not as much worried about Rory's thoughts on it. Like she's putting her own thoughts onto Rory. Yeah. Which I do see that as well. Um, Especially like Lorelai has been burned and she, one doesn't want Rory to like have to be burned as well from her grandparents, but also like what if Rory likes it like having that thought in her mind of ooh, well if she likes this she'll like more things that Emily and Richard will be able to show them and that just makes them one step farther from Lorelai in her eyes it's you're gonna take my daughter away because I left so young and I don't think she put too much thought into that possibility because I think in her mind that couldn't be a possibility because I think to her, she, she feels like she knows Rory so well and Rory is just like her. So I think she does feel a little bit of like, Oh, I don't want them to get a day with her, but I don't think she really thought about the possibility of Rory loving it and really clicking with Richard and like them forming like a friendship of sorts. Like, I don't think that Lorelai even considered that as a possibility. Like I think in her mind, there was no way that would happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And then with the dinner, another thing that, like, I never really, I think I've I've heard it before, but I never really thought about it. But Emily makes the comment about, like, if it weren't for her, Richard would get his hair cut at the butcher. And I've always just let that, like, brushed right past that line. But then this time I was really thinking about it. I'm like, I love the thought of Richard getting his hair cut at a butcher. Like, that just entertains me a lot. Like, I don't think that is true because Richard grew up in a wealthy family and like we'll find out later even though they were talking about Lorelai the first as if she was dead and kept saying like oh she was a great woman and blah 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 it's like nope she still is alive and when we meet her it's like "Mm, yeah she would have never let Richard get a haircut that was not from like an esteemed barber I almost said butcher Um, (laughs) but that was it was still entertaining to me I enjoyed that thought and then something else I noticed at the dinner And I never paid much attention to it, but they have cake 
again. Like that seems to be their go-to dessert is these are these giant cakes. It's like there's four of them, but it's a cake for like a party. And mm-hmm. they are shown where they all have slices of cake in front of them on a plate. But on the table is sitting the whole cake, like uncut. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like they <laughs> calling out the prop people, like they put a whole cake there and slices of cake as if I don't know, there's a, a second cake or something. There might have been maybe that was the appetizer cake. Mm, that could have been mm, cake for an appetizer and dessert. I'm on board with that. Well, it could be like the pre-dessert appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then when leaving the dinner, you know, Lorelai gets into her whole thing of like all the things she'd rather do than go to the club with her dad. What, how do you feel about that part of the scene? Like that scene of Lorelai going on about all the things she'd rather do? I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, it was bugging me. It bugged me. Like, I've always thought of it like, oh, yeah, you know, Lorelai being funny. But I don't know if I'm just being too, like, scrutinizing too much right now. But I felt like Lorelai seemed off this episode. And, like, I watched the episode twice. And I started to feel it, like, halfway through or towards the end the first time watching it. And then the second time I was paying attention to it, I'm like, no, it's this whole episode. She just seems off. And, like, I don't think it's Lauren Graham. Like, that, she is an amazing actress. So, like, I don't want to say it was her. I don't know if it was the writing. Just something to me. She just seemed off. Like, her wit didn't seem natural. Like, it all seemed forced. And the first time that I really felt that was in her little, all these I'd rathers. Because it's like, oh, yeah, some of them were funny and quippy. But some of it just felt, like, forced and unnatural for her to be saying. And... Mm -hmm. It just irritated me, but I'm sure a lot of people would probably more agree with you of thinking that it was hilarious and enjoy it, but it just started to really irk me because I'm like, no, like she just seemed, I don't know, she just seemed off. And then that kind of set the tone for me this whole episode. Um, Spoiler, it's not my favorite episode. I never knew that I had a problem with it until now of like, there's some great things in it, but just the whole episode, Lorelai seemed off to me. And once I kind of noticed that, I couldn't let go of it. I would say, for me, because, like, as much as I loved that scene, like, I kind of understand why she was saying, like, the things that she was saying, and, like, kind of how, because earlier when um, they were still at dinner, Lorelai and Emily broke off, because she was like, I'm just going to have a chat with you, like, now, like, meet me in the kitchen kind of thing, which they don't go to the kitchen, they go to the opposite side of the room. <laughs> I didn't even really think about that. Um, or unless I missed like something in that scene, because I did look down to write something. It didn't seem like she was, they were going to the kitchen. They were going to like the uh, living room. I thought they went to um, the kitchen, but I might be wrong too. But they were saying, um, and I even had it ran down here. Like, even before that, you could see that Emily was manipulating, like, Rory and Richard into doing, um, like, going golfing and kind of throwing in the, well, you can use Lorelai's equipment. They're, um, they're upstairs gathering dust, like, the rest of their potential. Like, yep. 
if my parents said like something was gathering with the rest of my potential is like, so you don't think I have the potential to do that? Okay. Um, so she was already like ticked off then. But the things that Emily was saying of like, it's not a debate. Like I'm going to win this. Like, so Right. Emily was being a master manipulator with that whole yeah. situation for sure. And like definitely put Richard for sure into a situation that he was not comfortable with and did not want. Same with Lorelai, put her into a situation that she was not comfortable with and did not want. And put Rory into a situation that she seemed curious about, but not sure if she wanted or not. It was yeah. very much Emily feeling like, I want you two to have a relationship, so we're going to make this happen, regardless of how everybody else feels about it. And Yeah, and yeah. throwing in um, that when Lorelai uh, was saying, like, but I don't want her to do it kind of thing, and then Emily throwing in the face, being like, well, that's kind of controlling. And mm-hmm. you say that I'm controlling, so you're becoming me. So that, like, to me, would kind of have a reaction of, like, being mad now, like, being ticked off and being off in general. So that might be one of the reasons why um, when she is saying, like, I would rather go down a slide with razor blades into a pool of alcohol, like, having that hyperbole of, no, you wouldn't, but I understand where you're coming from, with what you were just going through with your mother. Yeah. And like, I very much understand her being upset and like the feeling behind her little rant. It was more just like the style of the rant and some of the different examples that she gave that seemed off to me of like, it wasn't like, she didn't seem to have any annoyance or anger. It was just funny to her. And like, she laughs at herself all the time. But it still didn't seem like other times. Like, she was saying these things just to be funny and didn't have the, like, genuine anger or frustration behind it. And I think that's actually part of why it felt off was because Mm -hmm. it was just this joke in a game. And it almost seemed like she was being much lighter about it than what she normally would actually be feeling in that situation. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. Like we don't have to or... we don't have to go on to it because I don't yeah. mean to like harp on it. I just it's something that I never really paid much attention to before. And this time I'm just like, oh like just stop. Like you <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But mm-hmm. we go from that to, you know, more fun and games of setting up for the wedding. So first of all, that inn would be a beautiful place to have a wedding. Like, when we see so much of it, like, especially the exterior. And it's, like, it's beautiful. And I love seeing, like, we get so many examples. Even just in these first three episodes that we've watched of Lorelai is phenomenal at her job. And, like, she is great mm-hmm. with everyone. Maybe other than, like, her mom. But in a professional setting, she's so great with everyone. And, like, in my opinion, both of those brides and their mom are super annoying but Lorelai handles them like a champ like yes um I would say with the 
twins being like, I wanted red flowers and then I wanted blue flowers. And then Lorelai being like, well, I thought violets would be perfect, red and blue, and like trying to take that heat. And then the girls just like, still being like upset. And then the mom just being like, no, I decided because I am paying. If you want to pay for it, then you can have your own thing, but you do not have that funds to do it. So I am making that decision. And Lorelai is just being nice and sweet. And like that, I loved. I love that the mm-hmm. mom was not taking anything from her daughters. Kind of like Laura, um, <laughs> kind of like Emily does with this is what I'm going to do. But with the mom, it was nicer, I would say. Like, with a better conviction of why she was doing it. Maybe. They're also in different situations because Lorelai left at 17-ish. Like, I know she had Rory at 16, but I think Rory was almost a year, you know, when she actually left. So she was probably about 17. And then there was no relationship. So, like, they kind of missed that young adult kind of the figuring out how to do life on your own part of their relationship. And that's what this mom and these, her two daughters have just been going through is kind of that stage, which like we didn't have that with Lorelai and Emily. So it's hard to know what that really would have looked like. And I can't help but think like, okay, to this mom, like, you created them like not that any kind of issue with someone is always their parents fault not by any means but if you have two daughters that are both spoiled brats I feel like that's a situation where you want a question of like okay did you spoil them and make them this way because looking at this wedding it kind of seems that way so like I would get a little bit annoyed when the mom was making complaints because it's like well that's what you created like it makes sense to me that they are this way because what we see is that is how you raised them to be. Yeah. And like, she even said that like, it was mainly their father who like spoiled them. So she did try to, um, give them manners and like how to talk to people, not just be like, well, this is what I want and I'm going to get it kind of standpoint. Um, especially, like, when she does bring in, like, Lorelai of, she is taking, like, she was trying to take the heat, like, the fall for it. Right. But, like, and trying to be nice, where they're, like, well, this isn't what I wanted, and she's, like, this is what you, like, you be nice. You make that compromise kind of thing, so, like, you can still kind of see that she is still trying. Yeah, definitely. kind of gives up, because they are like at that age of being able to get married and I'm assuming that they're mid late twenties. Yeah. That'd be my guess. I'd guess like mid twenties. And like growing up spoiled, even in that age, like I still get everything I want. So why right. should I have to be like nice? So especially like the mom being like, "Go away, my Advil is wearing off," which I that was hilarious. Um, was kind of like, 
the mom is trying or was trying. Right. And I mean, they clearly like grew up in kind of that stereotypical, like high class setting of, you know, having means for all these different things and being a part of like cotillions and having those social expectations and, It also looks like completely judging a book by its cover. It looks like they're marrying into a wealthy family where Mm -hmm. they probably have never had a job and are never going to have a job because they went from their wealthy parents' house, maybe went to college and now are going to go to their wealthy husband's house. Um, So, I mean, you know, that they just kind of fit right in with that, at least the stereotype of that group of people. So it makes sense. And speaking of their husbands, I love that we get the introduction to their fiancés through Michelle of, like, his reaction to them. Like, I like that we see his reaction before we see the guys because him reacting like that, it could have been anything because he is the dramatic one. So you're sitting there like, oh, what is he what's he making a big deal about? Is there actually something or is Michelle just being Michelle of him just being like? no way kind of thing. And then you see like, oh, it's identical twin brothers that they're marrying. And like even Lorelai didn't even know is she was also stunned. And then Michelle being like, you hid this from me. And she's like, I had no idea. (laughs) I love that. I love Lorelai and Michelle's relationship. Like that is the perfect work relationship to have. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but then we get to go and see Richard and Rory golfing. So this is some of my favorite parts of this episode. So I know I said that like, oh, it's not my favorite episode, but there's a lot that I do like. I feel mm-hmm. like Richard's anxiety about taking Rory to the club makes sense, but it also is really sad. Like while they're waiting for Rory and he clearly does not want to do this and like is upset about it. It's like, oh, that's sad. Like it's your granddaughter. Try to be excited about it and be easy on her for not being there yet like she probably is depending on her mom partially for getting there whether it is to make sure she gets out of the house to the bus in time or a ride or whatever the situation is it's like you feel sad of like wanting him to be patient with her but also it's like i understand his anxiety because like i said they've never spent any time together just the two of them and he's not used to spending time with younger people at all Like, that's not his crowd. So, I mean, I understand it. I think it makes complete sense, but it also makes me kind of sad before they get to golfing. Obviously, it ends up really good. Um, And also, it is so clear. Like, obviously, it's already clear. I know we talked about this a little bit already, but Emily wears the pants in the Gilmore house. Like, when she, like, lays down to Richard of, like, you, like, just telling him, like, you will have a good time with her. Like, there's no question about it. Like, you are going to take her to the club. You are going to show her off. You are going to take her to lunch. And you are going to have a good time. And you're going to make sure that she has a very good day today. Like, yeah, I really enjoy that. Oh, I did see, like, every time Emily does something, it's like, yes, be your boss lady here. And especially when she's like, if she is not happy, I will not be happy. And you will not be happy. And kind of just, like, having that pause. And he's like, oh, she means business. All hail Queen Emily. Yes. And 
Um, so when they get, sorry, you go. Um, I just wanted to add kind of, I understand like you understand his like anxiety about it. I also like understand it as well, except he is going into it thinking that she is going to be like the typical teenage girl where she doesn't want to be outside. She doesn't want like do anything except go to the mall, like he says. So he already has that notion of, well, she's just going to be a typical teenage girl about this. Kind of like how other characters later on say the exact same thing. So I think that's why he is so like pressed and anxious about it. Because he has that mentality already in him. Right. Kind of the, the fear of the teenage girl and is stereotyping her because he doesn't know any different. Which is also mm-hmm. what makes it sad that he doesn't know any different. Like he doesn't know. Like obviously he knows that she's smart enough to get into Chilton. But Madeline and Louise got into Chilton too. And can you imagine yeah. them going with their grandfather to his country club to go golfing for the day? Like, you know. So, I don't know. One thing, though, that, like, <laughs> I found funny was when they do get to the club and Rory's, like, asking if it's hard to get into the club, Richard says that it's a much more thorough process than getting into the FBI. Yeah. Like, he thinks very highly of the prestige and exclusivity of that club. Like, I never really thought much of it, but just his, like, oh, it's much harder to get into than the FBI is, like, oh, yeah, only, like, the... Mm, top 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 people can get into this club like the fbi is a joke compared to how exclusive we are yeah and like which also like when i was re-watching um there's a character that we surely meet um and they say like oh she is a odious woman yeah and like when you meet gloria she seems super sweet and like asks about Emily and she doesn't seem like an odious woman until later on. Yeah. I like how we get that twice of like, Oh, the most odious woman alive. Like we get that comment twice and just like, I, it's interesting. Cause like I have been trying personally to like gossip less and trying not to like get caught into like drama or gossip just in my real life at all. Mm -hmm. But I also found so much enjoyment when Richard and Rory are sitting there gossiping together. Like I know we're jumping around a little bit, but if we just kind of go through all the stuff with like Richard and Rory of, you know, the club and their lunch and everything, like them gossiping, I thought was adorable. And it was like, you see Richard, like, actually happy and even when they were in like their separate steam rooms and like hearing the conversations like the gossip with having the men side of it and then talking about Rory and kind of seeing that dynamic of he is proud that he is Mm -hmm. now able to show off like his granddaughter his the other gentlemen even say, like, oh, my my granddaughters would never be caught dead here. Right. Like, and then having Rory's, like, conversation in um, her steam room or hearing the conversation that's happening where, like, 
Gloria comes in and one of the ladies is like, oh, like we need we need to get together, play around or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I'll call you next week. And like, you can see that she's being very fake. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't really want to, but we'll pretend we're going to make a plan. We need to make these nice and, and pretend everything is all polite and wonderful, but I never want to see your face. Yeah, and then when she sits down, the lady is like, she's an odious woman. And like, the second time I caught that, I'm like, oh yeah, no, she definitely is. Because then rethinking when she first came in, she didn't care about Emily in the slightest. (laughs) Just all those niceties and like the fakeness. Um, And thinking about the steam rooms. So one thing I thought that I had is like, Rory is this almost 16 year old girl first time at this club if i were her in her shoes i would not have gone into the steam room i feel like i would have just like sat because i mean rory brings a book everywhere i would have just sat outside and read until richard was done doing like the steam room and whatever he was doing like i would have felt so uncomfortable doing that so i also was thinking like oh props to her like she's just diving fully into this and trying to get the full experience Mm mm-hmm and also something that really struck me and just made me really love Richard in this episode. Like it was great seeing like how comfortable conversation was with Rory and Richard. Like I really liked that. Like it was just this easy conversation and they were getting along super well. I loved that. But Richard showed an awareness of Lorelai by like, cause she mentioned that like, oh, your mom never really got to travel. And he seems like bummed that she missed out on that opportunity. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I never really thought much about it, but it's like he does care about Lorelai so much. And he knows that like she's someone that would have wanted to do these different things, but kind of lost the opportunity those to do those things because she chose to like have Rory and be the golden mom and kind of put Rory's needs above any of her things that she wanted to do or dreamed about at any point. Because like we found out later, like Lorelai did talk about traveling and things. And obviously she has a big influence on their idea to go backpacking through Europe. But like Richard is aware of that and seemed like genuinely bummed that he felt that Lorelai had missed out on that. Yeah. And like, I also loved how he was engaged in that conversation even more. He like, when he does hear that Rory and Lorelai are going to be doing this, he is like, you can see that he is happy. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm glad that Lorelai will actually be able to do this and like finally be able to do this. Speaking of their travel, do you know where Fez is? No. <laughs> I mean, I've watched this zillions of times. I always know that they talk about Fez. But I've never looked up where it is. I have no idea. When I hear Fez, I think of the character in that 70s show. And that's as far as my thought goes. Ooh, I'm actually going to look up. You should. Because I even made a note of where's Fez. And then I forgot to look it up. So it's just still sitting in my notes of me wondering where it is. While you're looking that up, um, I also mention... I really enjoyed when Richard and Rory are sitting there having their gossip time. I wish that they could have just kept having it just be the two of them at lunch, but it was also kind of entertaining when, you know, the clowns um, came and joined them. But I also kind of wish that Richard would have been like, oh no, like we're, we're 
getting our time together and didn't let them sit down with them just because I was really liking Richard and Rory bonding and felt like his friends or, you know, these other guys from the club kind of changed the conversation a bit, but it was still entertaining. Yeah. And like, I would say I really liked how Richard was very proud to show off Rory, like to them is he was talking about her in the steam room and he's like, well, now I'm able to um, show off Rory. And, he and prove that I was telling the truth. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also not having... Oh, maybe I found it. It is a city in Morocco. Oh, okay. Hmm. I just felt it wrong twice. Well, when we're both millionaires, maybe we can go there. <sighs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, did you have anything else to add about like the golf or any of the kind of storyline with Richard and Rory? Yes. Um, when they are golfing and Rory, like I'm assuming it's her first ever swing with a golf mm-hmm. club. Um, and I'm even saying like with kid toys, when you have that little kid golf <laughs> yeah. thing, didn't even do that. Um, and where she like, when she swings, she hits the ground and grass and dirt come up. And she's like, oh, I'm assuming that was wrong. And Richard says, there are no rights and wrongs to the learning process. Yeah. And I, I loved that. That he said that he, he wasn't like He was so patient with wrong. her. Yeah. Whereas like Emily would have been like, nope, that's wrong. Like you can't do that. You have to hit the ball. But Richard's like, Knowing she has no idea how to play golf, she like doesn't know the first thing about golf, um, and just him being like, "That's okay. You are practicing. Like, there is no wrong or right answers." And um, with when he even asks, like, "What did you think of golf?" and she's like. It's a good walk spoiled. Yeah. Which I've got to say, I've walked golf courses. They're a beautiful place to walk. Like my brother was a big golfer. Like he went to state a couple times in high school. And I remember going with him, especially for like where they have state tournaments. You know, those are big, beautiful golf courses. I felt like, okay, all these people that say watching golf is boring are only talking about like watching on TV. Because when you're like watching live, it's like, oh, it doesn't. Not necessarily the watching of them hitting the ball like that. There can be some exciting moments with that, but it's just beautiful. Like golf courses are so beautiful. Oh yeah, like I used to go with my parents sometimes. It wasn't like an every time thing because they would kill me if I did. Um, but every time, like I would go with them, I loved being out there and like either being on the golf cart or walking around. And being outside, because it is really pretty. Like, golf courses are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one time when I went with my father. Um, we were playing, and I even said, like, I'm going to be bad at this. I'm not good. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, all this stuff. And he was very patient. 
with it. And I remember we had a golf cart and I was driving it and I lost control of it and I almost hit him with it and I felt so bad and then I ran into a tree. Oh my gosh. And like and he wasn't mad. Like he was like worried that I like got hurt or anything. Got hurt, like, I right? Felt so bad that I almost hit him. And it's like he wasn't mad, he wasn't furious. He was just like, Oh my god, are you okay? Like you need to be more careful. I'm like, Yep, I'm good. I'm not gonna do that ever again. Learning experience. There's no right or wrong when you're learning. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, and it's really interesting too, like with Richard is he's, he's so patient with her and he seems like he's such a good teacher and, you know, that starts to be him getting a little bit more comfortable of kind of showing her how to hold it and everything and him being patient. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because if you fast forward and think to a few, a few seasons later, he has someone else golfing with him who does not have much experience and he does not as patient or understanding with that individual. Granted, that's an adult man and this is his granddaughter. So I think that's a big difference, but it's just interesting to see where with Rory, he's not worried about other people like catching up and waiting on them because it's taking too long. And he's not right away just being like, Oh, you just ride in the cart and we'll just pretend that you, you did it because that was a question I had. How does the school know if they went golfing? Like, do they just have to sign something saying, like, yep, Rory went golfing? Because it's a school mm-hmm. requirement to do some kind of sport. And what she's doing to meet the requirement is going to the country club with her grandfather, presumably on a weekend, to golf. So, like, so do they just have to what, sign something or what? So, what I was thinking, because I thought she needed to be on, like, a team. So, it was them going golfing to see if Rory like even one liked it and two like if it was easy enough for her it could be like yeah you can join this team like I didn't think that it was oh you have to do like a sport outside of school I thought it was like and maybe it was like in gym class they have to do that sport and show it so the going to the club was just an extra thing for her to kind of get a little bit more familiar with it. And Emily obviously was just pushing it because she wanted them to spend time together. But I definitely don't think it's joining a team because we never hear anything about it afterwards. And yeah, I feel like Rory would have considered transferring schools if she had to join a team. Same with Paris. Like I cannot, I mean, I think that Paris could be an amazing athlete, but I don't think she would want to join an athletic team. No, because she would want to be like where the coach is. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was everything that I, all my thoughts with the golfing. Um, and then if we look at the storyline about the wedding. So one of my favorite things, like there are some just great pairings. Like I know we mentioned Lorelai and Michelle, phenomenal. I really like the pairing of Richard and Rory. And then one of my favorite pairings that we've talked about in every episode where there is one is Suki and Jackson. So I love their argument about strawberries versus blueberries and like, and jumping ahead to like their initial argument about it is great, entertaining. But when we get to see Suki finding the strawberries, like at the person who was like selling them on the street and Jackson catches her 
in the chasing down the street and just like yeah. it's I just wanted to rewind it and keep watching it because those two make such a funny duo. I absolutely love like their chemistry with their little bickering and arguments. They're always so great and about the funniest things like blueberry shortcake. Babe, it, one sounds delicious and Suki can definitely make it amazing and a new trend. Yeah. Um, I would say my one of my favorite parts about them in this episode is how she's like, you couldn't have let me see one strawberry, even a Polaroid. And he's yeah. like, no, like, they weren't good. Like, I know your standards. They were not to your standards. And like, just Suki being like, I don't believe you. I need, I need that proof. And then cutting into the, where she does find the strawberries. One, she knocks over a bicyclist. Yeah. Like, so funny. She doesn't even know. Not the only time. And not the only time that a biker or multiple get knocked over in this show. Like, they are not kind to bikers in Gilmore Girls. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And then, like, with Jackson being, like, basically feeling like he was cheated on with these strawberries because yes. they're not his strawberries and him like over basically overreacting and her being like nope like you will show me now kind of thing and her just chasing him and like snaking through yes the road for quite a like, long time down the block <laughs> like they're going to cause so many accidents Luckily, there aren't many cars in Stars Hollow. But I feel like what the stem of their bickering so often is just that they both value and care about their jobs so much. Because, like, to Suki, it's like, okay, strawberry shortcake was planned. It's for a big event. I'm prepared for it. And then, boom, I can't make strawberry shortcake. The world is ending. And, and of course, her being like, no, like, let me see those strawberries. I can't just take your word for it. Like, I'm supposed to make strawberry shortcake. I need to have all of the info. And then you've got Jackson, who it's like, okay, I know this chef. I work very closely with her. I know what she feels is good or bad, and I only want to give her the best. So I'm going to problem solve for her by bringing these blueberries that look great. Mm -hmm. And then being so concerned about, like, I'm losing business because Suki is buying someone else's strawberries. Like, they both are so passionate about their jobs in the cutest, quirkiest, dorky ways ever. And that just, I don't know, I love them as a duo. Um, I will say, because I just, like, thought of when she's, like, saying all the desserts that she wants to try making, and she says, kiwi ice cream. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Someone needs to find that. And let me know so I can try kiwi ice cream. Um, But just having, like, her think of, like, other kind of desserts. Because she's now having to think of, like, well, how am I supposed to do a blueberry shortcake? I can do all of these things. And then kind of trails off to be like, ooh, what if I could make some of these things? Right. And I like that. And I, I think, like, I mean, Suki's a creative creative person and she's a master chef so i like when she does get challenged a little bit um and then before we kind of 
talk about like the actual couples in the wedding, I wanted to bring up, you know, a couple of side things with it. So when Kirk, they don't give him a name. So like in my mind, it's still Mick because he doesn't seem quite like Kirk yet, but he also is being brought back. So Kirk slash Mick brings the swans. And <laughs> I, I love say. Michelle and Kirk and like that whole scene and interaction. Yes. Um, I will say there's not a doubt in my mind that that was not Kirk because that is exactly what Kirk does when he's like, is this 20 like swans? He's like, I guess. Like, yeah. Just doesn't see the problem, is very oblivious of like what was asked and he's like, well, I have these two kind of thing. Yeah. Um, was just hilarious Kirk. See, and to me, it's very much like the transitional character between the two because it very much has that Kirk attitude, but also still seems like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't belong in this town aspect of Mm -hmm. Mick. So it's like, it is very much like that transitional, which I think the next time that we see him, he is Kirk and established as Kirk, the town's person, you know, who we, who we love. So like, I feel like this is kind of like that mixed like the transitional guy so this is some i don't know i'm trying to think of like merc or you know the that becoming kirk character and with the swans so (laughs) michelle being terrified of swans and we find out he was attacked by swans and is afraid of them again things that happen again we get a swan attack return in season three with a different character. And I love where it's like, okay, you need to choose between Drella or the swans. Yay. And he picks the swans. I wrote that down. Oh my God. It was just so funny. And then we also find out that Drella is attracted to Michelle, which is really weird to me. Yes. Like I never really like, connected that until like I really heard her say like I hate the way he talks but ooh do I love it when he walks like kind of thing it's like Jella hate to talk but love to watch the walk like Like, (laughs) it's like yeah I mean he's a good looking guy but he gives off no vibes of having any kind of interest in her let alone any woman and to me, that just seems like uh, interesting that she's so infatuated with him because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good looking guy, but I don't think he's good looking enough to have nothing else appealing about him towards her. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird to me. Um, okay. So do we want to talk about, about the twins and the wedding? We can. <laughs> Well, okay, the big question. Super salad. Which would you pick? Ooh. Honestly, it depends on the weather. If it's a little gloomy, then soup. Because that is the perfect time to have soup. And the one of the only acceptable times to have soup. Unless it's like gazpacho, then you can have it whenever. Um... If it's, like, nice out, definitely salad. 
but I'm also the type of person who loves both, so I would get both. Yeah, which I mean, they end up having where oh, people can pick soup if they for themselves have both soup and salads, they get to pick. I'm very much a salad person. Like I always forget that I like soup. Like I'm never one that like if I'm out to eat. I'm never going to order soup. I'm always going to go for salad. But then if we make soup, I always get the reminder of like, oh my gosh, I love soup. I just forget about it. It's just one of those foods that I never choose to have. But then depending on what kind, and like you said, also, you know, I mean, if it's hundred degrees out, no, thank you. But usually then when I do have it, it's like, oh yeah, like I really do like soup. I just kind of forget that I like it. Mm-hmm. And, like, even making soup is so relaxing. Mm-hmm. I guess like, we had tomato soup with our lunch today. So if I'm having grilled cheese, then, yeah, I love tomato soup with it, which is what we yeah. had for lunch. So, <laughs> Yum. Okay. And then we've got – so we meet the fiancés. First of all, I hate their parents. Do not name your twin, your identical twins, Mark and Matt. That is annoying and dumb. I was going to say, what was the twin daughter things? It was Jessica and... Do we hear the other name? I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't pay any attention to their names. (laughs) I just... (laughs) Jessica sounds right. Um, But, yeah, I've got something interesting about them. We'll get to that. But I do love that Michelle put a post-it on one of their backs to tell the difference. And I wish that we could have seen... I would have loved to have a scene where we get to watch him put the sticky note on one of their backs because I feel like that would have been so entertaining to watch because I can in my head like picture him being all sneaky and trying to be clever about it and not letting anybody know he's doing it especially them I hate that we didn't get to see it and I would have loved to have seen that but also did no one tell him like tell God, who was it? Was it Matt who had the sticky note? I don't remember which one it was that had the sticky note. But of course not because they didn't seem the smartest. Again, completely judging a book by its cover. So they went tell each other. And no one else there was paying attention or cared. They were just focusing on their own things. And their fiancés just saw them. So I think that when whichever one had the sticky note, if his fiancé ended up seeing it, then would say something. And call the mom, like the soon-to-be mother-in-law, was looking directly at them when they were talking with Lorelai, and then walked up to them, and you could see that the sticky note was on their back. So, like, did she just not care, or is she so frustrated with her daughters? I think she was just very much in her head about everything with the wedding and just being stressed that she might not have even noticed, and if she did notice, just didn't care. And might have even thought, like, oh, they're playing some stupid game. I don't want to know what they're doing or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then, of course, we get the their big curious question of, you know, if I don't remember their names. If they get mixed up of who they're with, if yeah. that counts as cheating. I mean, I will say Suki's face with, like, trying to follow it and... And she's like, my head hurts. Being like, good. I okay. I feel like Suki. She's so sweet. She is smart, but she also she does the like. She's got that little bit of ditziness and a little bit of 
not being smart enough to understand some things that other characters do or say. And I really like, she plays that super well of the like, okay, my head hurts. I can't do more of this or I can't follow this. And like where it's endearing when she has that issue, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. <laughs> Another thing that kind of how I wish that we could have seen the scene with Michelle I would love to hear Man, I Feel Like a Woman played on the harp. That actually would sound good. I really want to hear that because, like, I love Shania Twain. I grew up listening to Shania Twain and loving her. So it's like, anytime that I can hear one of her songs, I'm all for it. But, like, when they mention, like, oh, like, whichever daughter wants this song and, you know, Drella's all like, oh, well, I'm not a jukebox, you know, and she offers to pay her more money. It's like, okay, yeah. You got yourself a jukebox, but we don't get to hear her play any of the different fun songs, which is a little bit of a bummer, but that's okay. It is, Mike. Even when you do see her play, which I found (laughs) so good with her. Did you um, notice that she was drinking a beer while playing the harp? Yep. Yep. (laughs) I love that. And I feel like she needs to have that beer to like, kind of calm herself down because she is a talented harpist, but she does not want to be there. Right. But who does want to be there? Do you know who does want to be there? Miss Patty. Oh my goodness. Um, Her teaching them to dance. (laughs) Let's talk about that. Let's talk about her teaching them how to dance. You talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my favorite part of just her teaching them to dance is because you can see that they clearly are getting it but not to her standard right and when she's like oh i'll just show you it's like oh like that's nice how she is stepping in until the groom says again and how tight she holds him and then the whole comment she makes about you know in some countries dancing this close would be you'd be considered cheating on your wife or whatever like (laughs) oh my gosh and then the other groom says something about like um basically like he's not having to like do it and then she kind of just like who just wait until you yep yep and i don't know miss patty oh my you gotta love her she definitely borders the line of sexual harassment Many, many, many a times. Um, But you still got to love her. Um, And so one thing that I did notice, like when they were getting ready for the for the wedding, Lorelai makes a comment to Rory about like, oh, like her handwriting looking really nice and saying you didn't get that from me. But I'm pretty sure Lorelai has good handwriting. Like, we don't see it often, but times when we do, it's like, oh, no, she's got very nice handwriting. That mm-hmm. comment seems wrong. But maybe it's just Lorelai thinking that she doesn't have good handwriting because, you know, I get that. But I think she said that because, like, Rory and Richard were bonding. Yeah. And she was so, like, hurt that, like, she did have so much more fun than she anticipated Rory having. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the actual wedding. So I know we talked a little bit about Drella. 
Um, Lorelai looks stunning. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. She's always beautiful, but she just amazing. And I like, I would not be able to wear that dress and would not want to because like, I hate things tied to my neck, but I love the look of that top part of it that goes kind of like a necklace almost, but as part of the dress. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She looks amazing. I would say if the necklace part was a little bit looser, I would wear it. Then I would. Because I just, I can't, oh, even like, I can't do turtlenecks. And I can't do if a t-shirt is too high up. I like, I hate that feeling of something like choking me. But it looked mm-hmm. so good. I'm like, oh, I wish I could wear that. Um, and then, of course, Lorelai and Rory make up. That's always a good a good thing. I know we didn't talk about their fight yet. We'll go into that. But one thing that I noticed for the first time ever at the wedding is either there were three brides there or one of the brides changed their wedding dress. Because, so you've got, there's one that we see that's the same the whole time. But then the other one, initially, there's like an off-the-shoulder um has like off the shoulder little sleeves and then when we see the conga line it's these thick shoulder straps and like a very different texture and everything so either they have three different brides or the one changes her dress like i didn't go back to see if it was the same actress in both of those but Mm -hmm. both times the other sister is there in both scenes with them and is wearing the same dress and is the same both times. So either there's three brides there or she changes her wedding dress halfway through, which if she changes it, like I, this is the first time I ever noticed it, but I like the first dress way better of the off the shoulder little sleeve, like the little armband type sleeves. That dress was super cute. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, these thick shoulder straps, weird texture looking thing. I don't know. It was weird. Yes. Watch for it. Because it's actually, once you notice it, it's a glaring difference. But I had never noticed it before watching it this time. Um, okay. Was there anything else about the wedding before we kind of talk about Lorelai and Rory? And then we can kind of talk about the end with the Friday night dinner. Yeah, I would say the other thing that I really liked was um, the mom being happy that her daughters are moving like like hundreds of miles away. Um, I just found that to be just so funny because you see in the beginning where she is so tired of having to take care of her daughters, which I would be too of having my children stay with me until their mid twenties, which I am now realizing that is exactly how my parents felt when I was <laughs> still living with them when I was 25. Um, but like just her excitement that one, she'll finally be like alone <laughs> for a bit. Um, but she like them actually living their lives Right. Feeling like, okay, they're going to grow up and now I can have a little bit of say in my life now too. And don't have to have it all revolving around my kids. And also I'd be interested to know, not that I really want to dive into to their life, but sounds like she blames her husband for how they were. Curious to see what that would be like when all of a sudden they're gone. Um, mm-hmm. 
Okay, perfect. So we see Lorelai and Rory meet up at Luke's. So this is kind of when we get to get the aftermath of Rory having a good time at golf. Um, so we get one thing that stands out to me is Luke. He cares about the environment. Like he makes comments where it's like he is a bit of a a green guy, you know, caring about what goes into the environment, which I feel like does track with with who he is to a point. Like mm-hmm. he likes things to be healthy and clean and whatnot. And Rory's hat. Okay. What do you think of the hat? Because Lorelai initially makes fun of her for it. And then she ends up saying like, oh, I think the hat's cute. So my opinions on the hat are different. Sometimes like it is a cute hat if you like style it correctly with the right wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, but initially I thought the hat was ugly. Like so atrocious. Um, yeah. She does not have the right attire to wear it. Especially when Emily first puts it on her head, she looks ridiculous. I do think at the very end, when she kind of has it on at Luke's and is sitting there, I think because her facial expression kind of matches the hat, it looks kind Mm -hmm. of cute. But I agree where it's like, oh, that hat could be really cute. But the majority of the time Rory is wearing it, it does not look cute. Another thing. So like, you you can kind of see it unfolding where Lorelai is realizing that Rory had a good time and starts to get stressed about it. And, you know, you've got, like, Rory being happily surprised about it being such a good time and Lorelai being upset surprised. And it's interesting to me because Lorelai's like, what's with the quite? You've never said quite before. To mm-hmm. me, Rory has definitely said quite before. That sounds very much like a Rory word. I think it's because, like, she hasn't used it like that with Lorelai. It kind of, like, took Lorelai by surprise. Maybe. I felt like it was Lorelai being nitpicky of, I'm going to pick out on this one thing because Lorelai wouldn't use the word quite. But in my world, Rory would. So it's almost like, oh, that's one of those things that makes you different from me and starts to kind of pick on all those little things because... She's just so upset and flabbergasted that Rory got along with Richard. Mm-hmm. When when they're at home, so like when they're sitting on the porch, um, like when Babette comes over and before they have their whole sweater boob fight, um, they're both sitting there reading on the porch together. I love that. I feel like it is so cute. And I'm just like, yes, this is like that picture perfect day at home. Like, to me, just sitting there on the porch, it looks like this beautiful day, just sitting there reading, you know, spending time together quietly. Like, I just, I love everything about that. So, like, the setting starts so perfectly. Yeah, I I loved that setting of it being beautiful out, them taking the time to be together and, like, study and read. Um, and, like, it definitely does not set it up for them to have an argument, which right. kind of made me sad when they had their argument. Yeah, but before their argument, something that I love is, so Babette 
comes over. So, you know, their reading time gets interrupted because Babette comes over to get vegetable, vegetable oil and a shoehorn to get cinnamon out from under the porch. And like, one, I'm super surprised they have vegetable oil because they don't cook. What are they using vegetable oil for? That is probably super, super, super old. Like it's been there since I got the house. And, you know, we get another mention of cinnamon and like just picturing this cat stuck under the porch where they need to oil her up and like wedge her out with a shoehorn. And it sounds like this is something that has happened before. That's just so weird and crazy to me and like very also very Babette and Maury. Like that would happen in their life. Oh yeah. And like I know for me is I've had a cat um get into places where it should not. Um, which I make of all the time with my sister. Um, because it was her cat who did it twice, but he went up into the ceiling of my parents' house. Um, he's like in the bottom half. It's like not all the way like enclosed because there's okay. so many like, wires having to go through. And the cat just decided, I'm going to go adventure and get stuck in places. So I definitely understand Babette and Maury and being like, we need to get that cat right now before it does anything dumb. And those two are so adorable because then I love that, you know, the windows open so Maury can hear her and Babette like yells to him to play her home. So he literally plays the piano for her to walk home to. That is adorable. It is. Like they are just the sweetest couple. I think they're my favorite couple on the show. There's some couples that I really love, but Babette and Maury, it's like from beginning to end, they are so adorable and sweet. I love them. Especially yeah. in an episode that's coming up soon that is so sweet but sad and beautiful and all of that. Um, okay, so Babette leaves and the fight ensues <laughs> of you're wearing my favorite sweater. And okay, this is where like it is clear that Lorelai is just being nitpicky. Because there is no way that is her favorite sweater or even in her top five. Because one, the sweater that she's wearing looks much better on her than that one would. And I don't think we ever see her wear that sweater. No. So it's, I mean, she's clearly just being nitpicky and wanting to fight. And which, like when she's talking with Suki, you know, it sounds like she's very aware of the stupidity of her issue with Rory getting along with her grandparents. But it's like she's just put into this child mindset of, like, I want to whine and complain and make a big deal and argue because I'm mad and jealous and, like, doesn't know how to handle her emotions. Because um, then you get there, like, their whole fight, it ends with, you're cracked, you're bigger. Like, that sounds like a... <laughs> Like, just the saddest little kid argument where they are too stupid to know how to have any kind of good comebacks. Yep. <laughs> but it was so good, though. Just sort of being like, you are a bear. Like, this would look better on you anyway. Yeah. You're dumb. Stop. Like, I enjoy, like, that I felt like was more entertaining than 
Lorelai's venting in the beginning of the episode. Um, but it was still like, a, oh my gosh, you are so petty. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm going to laugh while you're being petty about it. Um, but then obviously, you know, at the wedding, they make up and everything ends up being okay with them. But then seems like everything is good, but then it ends with Friday night dinner. So one thing that struck me with this episode is it covers a week of time. Mm-hmm. So often we have episodes that are just one day or like it jumps around so much where you can't even really tell sometimes how much time is passing. But apparently, I mean, it starts with a Friday night dinner and ends with the next Friday night dinner. So it's a whole week that happens in this episode, um, which is also interesting to know that everybody was there at the end for an entire week for this wedding. Yeah. But okay. So I didn't even make a note of this, but I do love it. It's one that I think I ended up. Did I erase it? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. It's in my favorite quotes, but I'm going to mention it now. I love the intro to the Friday night dinner of Emily saying, you brought us used dessert. Like that. (laughs) Such a weird description of leftovers. Right? Like, for Emily, it is basically used. Like, it's not freshly cut into dessert. Right. And it is weird to eat someone else's leftovers. Like... I'm all for taking home leftovers after Thanksgiving at my mom's house or something like that. But it's like, Emily and Richard weren't there and don't know any of these people where the dessert was coming from. So, like, it is a little Mm -hmm. bit weird, but I also am not one to ever turn down any kind of free food, especially dessert. But that's just me. Especially shortcake. Especially something made by Suki. Like, let's... (laughs) Um, Something that did... I don't want to say bug me, but made me kind of be like, mm, I think they screwed up. Um, again, calling out the props department. Sorry. But Lorelai and Rory leave their coats on when they go in for drinks. And they are sitting there wearing their jackets while they're sitting in the foyer for drinks. Or like, not the foyer, the whatever, the living room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, they always have a maid take their jackets. Every once in a while, Emily will take them. But they leave their jackets on the entire time. Like, they don't take them off before the episode is done. I didn't even notice that. It was, again, something that I noticed for the first time. But then when I noticed, I'm like, yeah, they are. those are their outside jackets. Like, it wasn't, like, some kind of sweater or something. But, um, and oh, my goodness, Emily is so smug about the golf outing having gone well. Like, yeah. <laughs> she does not even try to hide it at all. She didn't, and, like, that's the thing that honestly, like, made me mad with Emily. It's, like, you won. You know you won. Let it go. She's one, though, that wants to, in the polite Miss Manners kind of way, say, I won, you lost, I won, na-na-na-na-na-na, but in the polite Miss Manners way. And... Which I understand. Sorry to come off. Um, like I understand that, but it's like she is a grown adult, mm-hmm. and she should know better. Like especially if like someone did that to her, she'd be like, "Well, that's not nice. That's not good sportsman like conduct." Well, and, she like, does know better. Of, she does, but she's choosing not to. Right, which is because kind of, that's the part that irks me. Yeah, with it. she is very entitled. She feels entitled to 
like she feels entitled to her daughter and her granddaughter and feels that because they are because she is the matriarch of their family that she has more of a say than anybody else and that her opinion matters more than anybody else and all of that like she is very entitled and i think she feels that that makes it acceptable for her to have that kind of attitude yeah that just hurts me (laughs) (laughs) well and then the saddest potentially saddest i don't know i felt like it was sad it made me sad even though it wasn't a bad thing like you know emily goes off and Rory and Richard go off and it just ends. The episode ends with Lorelai just sitting on the sofa alone drinking. And yes, I even wrote that down being like, it is so sad. It's so sad. And it's not that like, I think it's great that Rory and Richard get along so well. Like I love that. And I think that's so good. And Lorelai could be a big girl and go with and show an interest you know, so like she is making the choice, but it's still, yeah. it's just like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. I just want to give you a hug. Right. And like Emily could have been like, well, come on, like, let's go see. Or even Richard and Rory could have, when they noticed that like Lorelai didn't go with them, they, they, they could have yelled for her, been like, no, come see these. And I think that's something that shows a lot is it's one of the first times that Rory is so focused on being excited about something that doesn't involve Lorelai that she doesn't even think to include her in any way because she's just super excited about seeing this book and like this new friendship with her grandfather that I don't think she even really thinks about Lorelai, which I don't think is wrong. Like, I think it's good that she is starting to have some independence from her, but I think it's also just a brand new thing. Like Lorelai never, or Rory rather, never had other than Lane, a friendship that didn't include Lorelai, because I think that her friendship with Lane does include Lorelai still, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's this whole new world. Did you have any other thoughts about the episode itself before we go into food and Kirk's jobs and maids and quotes and whatnot? No, I'm ready to say okay. my favorite quote. So, let's, yeah, let's do quotes first. So, what's What's yours? Hit us with them. Um, so uh, one in the beginning where Rory says, I'm not the athletic type. It's Which is true. So funny. <laughs> it's like, same, same. Well, um, we get proof of her telling the truth there many a times in the series mm-hmm. of how much she cannot run or throw or do anything. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then the next two are two of my favorite Michelle quotes. Um, saying the first one is, to me, you're the teacher in Charlie Brown's classroom when <laughs> yes. he's with Lorelai. I love that. <laughs> so good. Um, and then the other one is, um, I'm running out of French curse words that they won't understand. Oh, I don't think I even remember that one being said, but I like it. It's so funny. Like, I now want to learn curse words in other languages and just randomly say them when I'm upset and no one will know. Oh, definitely. It's like Joey and friends. Um, (laughs) It's the only Italian he knows. Um, I surprisingly don't have any Michelle quotes this episode, which is weird. So I know I already mentioned the Emily one of you brought us used dessert. I also have... 
Lorelai saying it's like a snooty double mint commercial when talking about the yeah. twins. Um, partially where it's like, oh, it's funny and also very accurate. Yep. And then my other one is a Suki quote where she says, I'm bad at advice talks. Can we talk about soup? Because I'm good at soup. <laughs> I like that. Um, it's very Suki and I love it. Okay. Eating like a Gilmore. So Friday night dinner, we get a large cake again. Um, at Luke's, Lorelai orders the, quote, largest cheeseburger in the world. And when he brings out, it is super tall. Like, because then I was watching to see, like, oh, how big of a cheeseburger does he give her? It's super tall. Like, I don't know how she's going to get that thing in her mouth. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get more chocolate cake that Lorelai brings to Rory. And then, obviously, the blueberry cheesecake. Those are all the food things that I noticed. Um, it's interesting because I feel like so far we haven't had a lot of the food where sometimes I'm like, oh, do we even need to have that little segment? But I know that in future episodes, it'll be a big thing. Like there's times where the food is like a character in itself almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a new Kirk job, Swan Delivery Man. So he's now at two if we count the the DSL delivery. And then the new thing that I'm adding is the Gilmore Maids and Cooks. So (laughs) this episode alone, we have quite a few mentions. So we have Mira, a.k.a. Sarah, who is their current cook. Heidi was mentioned as being let go months prior. Trina. So then, okay, so they mentioned Heidi was months prior. And then they had quite a few since Heidi. So between Heidi and Sarah, there was Trina, Sophia, and Anton. And apparently Richard didn't know the difference between Sophia and Anton. But we get, uh, there was two, yeah, six, I'm sorry, five maids in the last couple of months. They're not maids, cooks. We don't even know about the maids in that time, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, Okay. So if there's nothing else to go through, we can do favorite character and overall rating. Did you have anything else to add in before we wrap it up with those? I do not. Okay, so favorite character. I feel like the person that I picked is like, they're 100% my favorite character in this episode, but I feel like it's an obvious choice. But I'm going with Richard because I feel like he really opened up and we got to see this like really sweet, goofy side of him for the first time. And I really liked that. And I just loved, loved how sweet and patient he was with Rory. And like, even though Emily was playing games and being manipulative, Richard didn't have any part in that. Like he was just being very genuine and just ended up having a really good time and finding out that he wanted to have a relationship with his granddaughter. So like, I loved him in this episode. I agree. Richard is also my favorite of this episode because of that. And like just him being there for Rory, um, especially like when they are golfing and, like, having that quote of there are no wrong or rights in this and, like, in practicing. Um, and kind of, like, him starts having that relationship with Rory. Whereas, like, before, it was very obligational. And he yep. is now, like, granted, going golfing with your granddaughter in this aspect is very obligational. But he decides like nope i am gonna have a good time i am having a good time right and like it's not an obligation anymore it's like 
a fun outing that he gets to experience, especially yeah. when um, Rory talks about like, I would love to be out here reading. And he's like, oh, I never thought of that. And kind of right. opening up his mind of this actually would be a good place to read. And then they have the genuine, like, organic conversation about what they're reading and kind of find out, like, oh, we have a lot in common other than our last name. Mm-hmm. All right. And, like, and then. With, yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. I thought you were done. Oh, I was going to say, like, even with Rory asking the questions and, like, him being like, oh, she actually does care and actually wants mm-hmm. to know what I'm up to. Kind of shows, like, him opening up more. Yep. The formation of another great duo of Richard mm-hmm. and Rory. They even got the nice alliteration with their first or with their names. Um, okay, I'm gonna let you do your rating first because I think that mine is going to be lower than yours. So you should go first. Yeah. So my rating is going to be a six point five cups. Um and mainly because of Richard in this, but I didn't like how Emily manipulated the whole situation with it and how she was like, how she acted with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is my main thing. Plus, not enough Suki. I would agree. She only really had that one scene, didn't she? Or no, there was was multiple, because when um, Jackson brings the blueberries and then when she's talking with uh, with Lorelai and then finds the strawberries and her wonderful chasing of Jackson down the street, which is the best part of the whole episode. We just need more of Spooky. Yeah. If there Always. was, I would have given it a better, better score. Wonderful. So mine's not too much lower than yours. I'm going with a 6 out of 10. Um, I really enjoy the Richard Rory storyline. But the setup of it is a little bit rocky, and I can't get past Lorelai just feels too different to me in this episode, um, that it takes me out of the episode a bit, that just Lorelai does not seem like herself. She seems something's off with her. And I also, like, I don't really care about the whole wedding storyline. It's like, oh, there's some good laughs and stuff with Miss Patty and, you know, some different things, but I don't care about it. Like, it doesn't involve people that we that we know or that we ever see again other than the little tiny bit you know the two seconds of miss patty we do get the nice thing with michelle kirk and drella which i really like but i feel like they could have found another way to do that without the wedding um so it just kind of overall felt a little bit flat to me because i loved one storyline but outside of that storyline just didn't really didn't really care um and like I said, the, just the Lorelai character in this episode just really, I struggled with. Um, so that kind of brought it down for me. But still, uh, better than average episode of mm-hmm. TV because it's Gilmore Girls. And you can never go wrong when you're in Stars Hollow. Very true. So that is all I have. Did you have anything else to add in? I don't. 
So I will quick mention to all of our wonderful listeners, make sure to follow us on social media. We're also doing a super exciting giveaway right now. We are going to be at the end of season one, um, either for one of the later episodes or maybe for the season wrap up, going to have a special guest that will be chosen from the giveaway that we're doing. So if you're not sure what we're talking about, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter. And you can see the details about that and get entered into the drawing. On all social media, we are at Copper Boom PCAST. And then also definitely feel free to email us, send us in any questions, thoughts, um, send us your compliments or criticisms of how we're doing. You know, we're new to this. So any feedback is good feedback. So we can keep improving, uh, make sure we're talking about things that people care about, not just what we want to talk about and can have some fun questions to go through. We're all about that too. But our email is copperboompcast at gmail.com. And other than that, um, in addition to the giveaway, we are going to be bringing on some future guests for a little bit more variety coming up in future episodes. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, And then something too that we didn't actually talk about, but Thomas and I talked about before recording um, was just a quick little update about Alexis Bledel, who plays Rory. Um, Again, you know, I'm trying not to gossip, but um, public news that her and her husband are getting divorced. That was kind of sad to see. I know they keep, they've always kept their life so private. Like Alexis Bledel seems like just a super private person. Like they didn't even want to let anybody Mm -hmm. know that they were having a kid. Um, But that was kind of sad to see. There's not much info out there about it, but definitely sending well wishes to her and hoping that she's she's doing well, um, our beloved Rory. But otherwise, that is all. And we will talk to you all through through the microphone next week for season one, episode four of Gilmore Girls. But for now, that is it. So bye. Bye. Copper boom. Copper boom.